Welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. I'm here in our online studio with my friend Sam Luce. Sam is one of the pastors at Redeemer Church in Utica, New York, and his blog, samluce.com, is one of the top children's ministry blogs online, so you should go check that out, especially if you help lead in the children's ministry in your church. Uh, Sam's currently working on two books, one with Moody and the other with New Growth Press. Uh, so keep your eyes open for those. We're going to hear a little bit more about uh, both those book projects in just a few minutes. Uh, Sam, thanks for joining us for the conversation. Welcome. Mike, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so Sam, we, we met a number of years ago um, at, at a conference that your church hosted, and I'm just really mm-hmm. thankful for you and uh, for your ministry. Uh, so I'm really happy to introduce you to the to the YPT audience. Um, so as we do that, uh, question for you, and I'm a little bit fearful of this question. Uh, we always <laughs> like to start our conversations with questions about um, our guests as teenagers, and uh, yours is who is your favorite athlete as a teenager, and why? Yeah, no, I think this would be a good one. Um, Basically, because I think there's, uh, we agree on so much, Mike. Um, <laughs> Except sports. One thing we don't agree on is sports, <laughs> right? So I know what you're expecting. I know what you're expecting. You're expecting me to say, I know Mickey Mantle or, you know, something like that. Like some, some Yankee great because the Yankees, uh, have been great, uh, are not now. They are, they're, uh, in the cellar of the baseball world with your Red Sox. So we're, I, we're down pain. there. Yeah. We're down there, uh, uh, you know, uh, consoling each other in our sorrows together in, <laughs> in the basement where the Cardinals, the Cardinals yeah, are joining yeah, us. They're, it's not been they're good. Just too. Um, <clears throat> so this is going to surprise you, but my, uh, my hero, my, my hero sports hero when I was a teenager was Larry Bird. Larry Bird from the Boston Celtics. Larry Bird. I was Larry not, Bird. I was not expecting this answer. Yeah. Larry Bird. Larry Bird was my hero. I had his, I had, you know, in the, when the when con when Converse came out with the shoes, I had oh, the yeah. bird shoes. Yeah, the green. Oh, I had those. Yeah, I had the, I had the all. I think they were black. They had the black version, and they had the green ones. And I, I think I had the black ones. The the, the ones they had with, that were like with uh, the same as uh, Magic Johnson. So I grew up as a uh, passionate lover of the Celtics and passionate hater of the Lakers. So, oh my! Now goodness. I'm sort of like I don't really watch basketball. So. Wow. I don't, uh, so I'm not really into basketball. I just, I don't have time for all basketball. Plus it's Michael Jordan ruined basketball. <laughs> That's another hot take yeah. for another yeah. day. So there we go. That is a hot <laughs> yeah, take. Yeah, I love that. Sure. I love Larry Bird because I think he was just, if you could think of the most average white person in the world, mm-hmm. that was like the best basketball player in his era. One of the best basketball players. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the, I think the best, but, uh, you know, it gave all us average white white boys from the Midwest <laughs> hope, right? So, it's so true. <laughs> just an average white boy from the Midwest uh, is what he was. And, uh, I mean, he looked like he, I mean, you see him now. He just drives a pickup truck and, you know, you know, goes around and feeds cows. Like, that's what he looked like his whole life. And and he just had really short shorts on. And uh, some, <laughs> so his uh, shorts some, were so short. Oh, they, they were. Yeah, that was, you know, PG 13. That yeah. was those shorts back then were just brutal. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. yeah, I love them. I love the, I love the Celtics. I mean, oh, man. that was, well, 
so okay, so here's my question. So as as a New York boy, mm-hmm. um rooting for a Boston Celtic like that, did you get hate like how, how was that for you as a New Yorker rooting for well, a Boston? I didn't, I didn't grow up in, athlete. I didn't grow up in New York. I grew up all over. I grew up in. I moved a lot growing up. So yeah, for me it was. Um, I grew up. I was a when I was a Celtics fan. I was in the safety of North Dakota. So um, North Dakota and a little bit of Florida. So obviously the the Midwest and the something other than the South, but located in the South kind of thing. Yeah. So I wasn't. Um, I wasn't uh, in New York, and so. I, and now I, I mean I still I still pull for the Celtics out of out of nostalgia, yeah. but I don't yeah. really watch basketball anymore. Incredible! I tried watching. I love baseball. I watch like I can watch the Devil Rays play like the Kansas City Royals. So that's how much I love baseball. So then you turn on basketball, and all I hear is squeaking shoes. So I can't take it. <laughs> I'm like I tried watching. It was just like constant squeaking. I'm like. I don't remember this when I was a kid, you know? So funny. All right. So uh, go Celtics. Go Larry Bird. Love him. That was my childhood right there. Um, Was that your hero too? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, Boston kid growing up in the 80s, of course. Larry Bird was the best. Can't imagine that. Uh, Larry Bird, Wade Boggs, Roger Clemens. mm, Right there. Yeah, that's the stuff. That's the stuff. Um, So this is not a Boston sports (laughs) podcast, um, unfortunately. (laughs) So, uh, we're, we're here talking about children's ministry. Um, so you said that you're, uh, working on two different books about children's ministry. Uh, so could you just give us like maybe a a 30 second snapshot of what are both of those projects and, uh, where can youth workers who help oversee the children's ministry, uh, where can they keep their eyes open for updates about those books? Sure. I'm writing, um, I mean, the first one I'm writing with a couple of friends, uh, who were with Awana. We're writing a book called Forming Faith, which is a book that is, um, it's about, uh, the first book that, they, that Awana wrote was, was called, um, it's called Resilient. And it was talking about like resilient, what goes into making resilient, like what do resilient kids look like? Basically, they look like they've grown up in a, in a church or an environment that, that stresses that, uh, a few things, belonging. That, that there's a sense of community uh, in the church that they're a part of, the family they're part of, right? Then um, them, them belong, them believing, right? So the second one mm-hmm. is believing. And so that's yeah. talking about like faith and the necessity for uh, dork faith and a deep, deep rooting of, uh, of biblical truth. And the last one is, is becoming. So the byproduct of, of understanding that I belong to God yeah. and understanding that uh, my faith is forming me. What is it making me? like and we become more like god so it's about those three things the the follow book that we're doing is about this whole idea of how do we as the church and as parents um help to create in practical ways um kids that are resilient in their faith that have lasting faith and i think that's something that i think that is every parent every youth pastor every kids pastor needs to ask ourselves is how are we creating lasting faith in our kids yeah love that love that uh, the, not, the other one is with New Growth Press, and that one's with a friend of mine. We're writing a book on how to teach theology to kids. So uh, I think in the kids' ministry space, um, I think sometimes theology is, it's kind of, it's not unimportant, but I think it's less important than it needs to be. And so we tend to focus more on 
I think in the kids ministry world, people tend to focus more on application and on relevance and on entertainment type things of how are we engaging kids, which are all considerations, but I think that they are, they all need to take a backseat to, are we telling our story or are we telling God's story? Yeah. Nice. That, I'm, I'm really looking forward to those books. Um, so go find the, um, the links in the show notes, go follow Sam on Twitter and online and, um, keep your eyes open, uh, for those resources. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to ha- having this conversation with you for a while, uh, because it's not super common, uh, to find, um, a, a pastor who is committed to children's ministry, um, so passionately as you are. So, uh, could you give us just a, a little bit of your history, um, serving in pastoral ministry, uh, overseeing children's ministry and, uh, why have you spent so much time still serving, uh, and overseeing children's ministry and youth ministry, uh, when you could be doing other things? Right. So I- instead mm-hmm. of doing other things in ministry, why have you still uh, continued serving in children's ministry in particular? Yeah. I, I, well, I, I got into kids ministry like everybody else gets into kids ministry. I got into it by accident yeah. uh, and by trickery. That's pretty much how most people get into kids <laughs> ministry. Bribed by the goldfish. Very few, yeah. <laughs> very few people uh, wake up and say, you know what? I want to be one day as a kids pastor. Um, it's not. It's some, I'm sure it happens to some people, but most people I talk to, they've all, everybody's been tricked. So, yeah. uh, my story of being tricked into kids ministry started from when I was young, I was 12. I, f- I really felt a strong call to work with youth. And, um, I wanted to be, you know, I didn't want to be in ministry because my dad was a pastor and there was a lot, we moved a lot and I didn't want that to be my life, you know? Uh, I didn't. And so there, I had a few things. It was, I didn't have, I didn't, I don't have church hurt. I just didn't want, I, I, the only, conception i had of ministry was moving every like 3.5 years and i just was done with that you know and so i felt the call uh to ministry when i was 12 and uh i didn't really want to do that and so i wanted to pursue something else and so i was going to school my dad said you know you have to go to one year of bible college so i ended up going to one year and that one year turned to four years and uh, i met the the current lead pastor uh, of our church now we, we became friends in bible college like 30 years ago and um, his dad was looking for, he, they were both looking for a youth pastor. So they, I came and I did the internship between, mm-hmm. I had an internship here between my junior and senior year. Okay. I uh, helped my, our current pastor start the youth, restart our youth ministry, which was kind of not, it was, it had sort of uh, gone through a season where it wasn't really meeting. So we sort of restarted it together. And then his dad came and said, Hey, I want you to come and uh, move out to New York. And, and I was living in Portland at the time. I want you to move out of to New York and I want you to, to oversee our youth. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. You know, so I packed up my car and graduated from college, packed up my car and moved out. And, you know, I was working with the youth for about a month and a half. And, uh, one of the elders sat me down and said, Hey, listen, we need you to help. We need you to oversee the kids and the, you know, Wednesday night and Sunday morning. And, uh, I said, yeah, I can do that. I can help out. You know, I don't mind. He's like, actually, I don't know if you understand. He said, actually, you're, we hired you to be the kids pastor. And I was like, I don't know what you mean, you know? And he's like, well, you, that's your job. You can help out with youth, but really you're hired to be the kids pastor. That's what our senior pastor hired you as. And mm-hmm. so what I found out is that when our our, our, our founding pastor, who is the one who hired me, when he says, 
youth, he means children. When he says young people, he means teenagers. So the whole time I thought I was being hired as a youth pastor uh, because that's what I wanted to be because uh, youth pastors are cool and hip and uh, dope and all that, all those words the kids so use. So cool and dope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, crazy. And so that's what I wanted to be. And uh, I found out that I was actually the kids pastor. And so I was pretty, as you could imagine, I was pretty distraught. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I prayed and I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, I said, you have to give me a passion for this. And, and I need to know what to do. I don't, I don't even know where to start. You know, I have no idea, you know, and, and I just really felt, you know, I felt like, you know, in that, I think God really met me and I, and I really felt like there was a few things I, I could really do to make a difference in kids ministry. There, at that time, there was no internet, there was no blogs, there was no podcasts. It was, it was literally the wild west. It was, you figured it out. And so I had to figure it out myself. And made a lot of mistakes and uh, learned a lot of things in the way. And, um, you know, I did some things that were really great by God's grace, not by my brilliance. And I did some things that weren't so great. And Mm -hmm. uh, in that, I I really began to see the value that kids ministry has. Uh, I think, and I would say this even more so than youth ministry. And the reason I I don't say that, I don't say that because youth ministry is not important, but the foundational formational aspect of what kid, when you realize that what, you know, what statistics tell us is true now. And I think even might be even younger than this, but they say what, what kids believe by the time they're 13 years old is what they're going to die believing. Yeah. And so for me, that is, it doesn't, it doesn't make youth ministry less important and kids ministry more important. It just makes the formational season of a kid's life so foundational and so valuable that it needs to be invested in, mm-hmm. it needs to be invested in. Um, and one of the things, one of the measurements I always tell our kids ministry team is this, is the way that we, the way that we know, and this is, t- and I also, when I speak at conferences, I say, this is th- the way that you know that you're a successful kids ministry person is not how many kids don't want to leave, uh, kids ministry to go to youth ministry. It's how successful the youth ministry is, is that is your metric of success is, is the youth ministry at your church successful. If it is, that is because you did your job. Wow. Okay. So, um, can you talk a little bit more about that approach? Uh, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a new thought and concern. So what does that really mean? Like trickle that down for us into the children's ministry. What's well, so, that? So we What's sort of stumbled mean? on this at our church, um, on by God's providence, honestly, yeah. because, um, so my, the, 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 the current, our current lead pastor, he was the youth pastor at the time. Uh, and I was a kid's pastor. And so just, just out of the nature of our own friendship, we, we cross pollinized each other's ministries. Yeah. So I was involved. I would go to youth ministry every Wednesday night. He would come to youth, uh, kids events. So like I went to his youth camp. He went to my kids camp. Um, and what we sort of stumbled on is something that we now, out of the nature of our friendship, we make a, it, it, it's something that we do on purpose. Like, we, we have our kids ministry people involved with our, with our youth things and we have our youth people involved in our kids things. So yeah. all the youth pastors have to help with VBS, all the kids ministry people, they have to help with, um, they help with different things like our conference and, and camps, camps to some extent as well. Yeah. Um, and so we sort of stumbled on it that way. And what we realized is, is the health of our kids ministry, 
uh, determined because in kids ministry, they kids kids have to come. Their parents bring them, drop them off. They don't have a choice. Yeah. But in youth ministry, they it's not easy for parents. So what drives attendance in youth ministry oftentimes is the passion of a kid to connect with people that they love and a God that they have found to be personally personally active in their lives. So mm-hmm. if if we don't reach kids by the time they get out of kids ministry, the transition to youth ministry is generally, I don't feel like going and then they stop coming. Uh, but the kids, we are able to disciple, we're able to connect, we're able to uh, relationally, theologically, and they get it. What happens is that when they come, they're excited to go to youth ministry because it is it, it builds off of the foundation that we create. And so we, my friend and I, we would sit down and think, what do we want a fully developed follower of Christ to look like when they graduate from high school? And we started in preschool. And then that's what I do now. I oversee mm-hmm. kids and youth. And so the question, so what we do is, is we try to, we create programs, we create discipleship pathways that are working towards producing a certain type of disciple um, that starts when they're in preschool and it ends when, I mean, you know, obviously it doesn't end when they're in graduate, but but it produces a kind of person that is a, a follower of Christ that would reflect what the 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 values and the vision that we have for what a disciple looks like. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love that. Um, so could you just share a little bit about for like upper elementary school students, like mm-hmm. h- h- what does discipleship of like third through fifth graders look like? Like, what does that, what does that look like? And then, uh, how do you, how do you intentionally continue that through the middle school years? Like, what does that handoff look like in terms of discipleship and ministry? So it's not like a completely disjointed discipleship approach. Right. Right. So, um, so we have a multi. So we w- one of the things that's really important to us is that uh, is is um, the catechism. So uh, we we use the New City Catechism, and we start with preschoolers and we go through college. So one way that we keep them all unified is every week we go over the catechism question for that particular week, and we start and we use the same one from elementary all the way through college that mm-hmm. week. Um, every kid hears it. Every kid uh, recites it, and we loop it year after year after year because New City is fifty-two of them. So you yeah. just keep going every year. You do a different yeah. one. Um, so how discipleship looks is we base our um, our discipleship around our, our curriculum is a is more of a biblical the- theological curriculum. Uh, we're switching to one that's more covenantal, and driven by the covenants. Um, so that's what you give in pre- in preschool in kindergarten. I'm sorry, in elementary. But we also, on top of that, we um, we go over the catechism question each week. We also have uh, break the catechism down. The, the, so the three main aspects of catechism are um, the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, and the Ten Commandments. We have the kids memorize and test out of the of the of all of those. So each one each year we take a different one. So we do the Apostles' Creed, have the kids memorize it and test out of it in in the elementary space. That's what we do. The other thing we do is we we break the um, V, our VBS, we write our own curriculum. So we break it up into four, four uh, different years. So first year is guilt, grace, gratitude, which is an overview of the Heidelberg Catechism. Second year is the Lord, the Ten Commandments. The third year is the Lord's Prayer. And the fourth year is the Apostles' Creed. So 
what they're getting is they're memorizing those things. They're also getting those in our VBS every year. They're getting, um, we're talking in more depth and breaking down each of those things of what, what is, you know, what is in the Ten Commandments? What is the Lord's Prayer? What is the Apostles' Creed? And, you know, what is the overview of, of the Heidelberg Catechism? Um, and so then we, that's what we do for elementary age discipleship. And then we encourage parents to do family worship as well disciple their kids and for us family worship what it looks like the way we define it for our families is it is reading up to a chapter a day with a chapter a day a week um you know even if you do it a couple times a week you read a chapter of the bible you uh you sing a hymn mm-hmm. and you say and you pray in some way whether you pray in the father prays for the kids or everybody prays so there's an aspect of prayer an aspect of song singing and an aspect yep. of uh, biblical um uh, biblical interpretation of the scripture to the kids. So that is, those are the things that we really uh, encourage our kids to do. Um, and that's how we try to disciple them at a young age in elementary age, how that translates to junior high. Yeah. Is uh, the junior hires. What we do um, is we kind of continue on. Uh, we have a discipleship class that we do on Sunday mornings. So in that discipleship class, what we do is we, we go over the, the apostle, we go over the new city catechism curriculum. We do that one year. Another year we do, um, we go over, um, pilgrims progress. And the third year is we did, we did all of the Narnia. We wrote a curriculum about all of Narnia. Oh, kind of like a story based theology. Um, but we're, I think we're going to switch to biblical theology of the whole Bible. Okay. And, uh, then we also have a memorization class that we do that we encourage kids. Um, and so far we have three years. And what we do is we have them memorize each one of the Heidelberg, I mean, of the New City Catechism questions, plus uh, chunks of scripture the first year and all the books of the Bible. The following year, what they'll do is they memorize all of um, First First Timothy, and um, then they memorize all the Heidelberg, the New City Catechism, and yeah. then um, and all the books of the Bible again. Third year they do. Um, I think Ephesians and then uh, New, City Catech- New City Catechism. And so that, that class in junior high, a lot of the junior hires do that. And then what we do is we do, for those who memorize all that, they test out that they get a trip to usually go to Cedar Point. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the, how it transitions is we start with mem- teaching them to memorize smaller chunks. We yeah. go over the New City Catechism and then we transition it over when they go start doing that, that discipleship class. On Sunday mornings, um, we kind of transition them over to that and then include on Wednesday nights is, is where we start that thought foundations memorization class. That's awesome. Sam, I love your approach to children's ministry and that transition into middle school ministry through catechesis. I think there's a lot of treasure that is untapped um, in church tradition mm-hmm. and church history about catechesis as discipleship. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big um, passion and, and heartbeat of mine. Uh, maybe we can dig into that another time. Um, but I do want to ask you about some stereotypes or misconceptions that sometimes youth workers can have about children's ministry, and for you to respond to some of those. So, it kind of just in general, uh, what are some ways that you think youth workers can misunderstand? children's ministry uh what are some of those stereotypes that you've 
heard and, and seen and experienced? And how would you respond to some of those? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, there's like some basic ones, you know, um, I think, uh, I think there's a lot more. I'm thankful that there, I mean, I think there's a lot more guys that are, that do youth ministry. I think in general, I think kids ministry tends to be, um, more of like, uh, a kind mom and youth ministry is like a hip, like a hip 20 something guy. And so what can happen, you know, in stereotypically, that's what it is. But I, I think, um, the problem is, is that there's a lot that they can learn from each other. I think that the, I think kids ministry people, I think really can, can learn from like the importance of theological rigor. I think that there's a lot more in, in youth ministry. I think that there, there is more of a focus on, on telling the whole story of God. I think, uh, in kids ministry, sometimes we just pick the stories with animals, <laughs> um, and tell those ones, you know, the no one is floating zoo and, you know, and, uh, you know, Daniel and the scary sleepover, you know, those types of things. So. I think in kids ministry, I think it's important for us to learn from that, from youth. And, and I think from, I think what the youth can learn from kids ministry people is this, the, the idea that, um, of, of delegating ministry, right? Um, I think kids ministry leaders are really great at delegating. Yeah. They're really great at building teams. And I think youth ministry people, um, can tend to be very, uh, one man showish. And I think that that's not good for the church. That's not good for the ministry. That's not good for the youth pastor's soul, yeah. honestly. And I think it's important that they learn to delegate. And so I was, t- I had talked to our youth pastor about this once. He's like, what's it like to be in kids ministry? I was like, well, imagine if you are doing uh, 20 youth services at the exact same time, what would you do? You know, he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, that's kids ministry, right? You're doing <laughs> You have to prepare a message for other people to preach. That's a totally different animal. Yeah. You have to, um, develop and train and lead teams of people to, because you, you can't physically and pedagogically shouldn't teach the same, all those kids together if you, if you can avoid it because there's the difference between a two year old and a 12 year old are just insane. Right. And, um, they're, they're not even the same in the same universe. Uh, I think, I think kids youth pastors could learn i think from a more pedagogical approach that kids ministry i think appreciates because they have to Mm. you know there's all the world of difference between you know just like there's a huge difference between a two-year-old and a 12-year-old there's a huge difference between a 13-year-old and an 18-year-old and i think sometimes youth pastors have say hey this is my message this is my story you know and i think so i think we can learn from each other in a lot of ways and uh youth pastors are definitely i would say in my experience, more engaging, I think, in, in terms of how they communicate. Kids, kids ministry leaders, I think sometimes are very, I've found them to be very earnest, but also uh, sometimes a little bit, um, they lead apologetically. You know, they kind of like, oh, I'm sorry that you have to help with the preschool. I know I'm, I'm thank you know, yeah. instead of saying, hey, you get to inviting them into this opportunity to help disciple and train the next generation. So I think those are some of the, I think the high level things that, you know, the differences between kids and youth ministry and what we can learn from each other. That's really good. Um, I think especially the, uh, what you said about, imagine if you're running 20, 20 programs simultaneously, that's so overwhelming to think about. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Because in a youth pastor, if, if, generally speaking, not, I mean, some some youth ministries split off, you know, junior high and high school or whatever. But in general, a lot of them, most of them in America, I would say, are everybody's together in the same room. Uh, that's like the large percentage. And um, you can get away with so much more uh, in terms of just doing it yourself that way. But Good. most kids' ministries, even in small churches, are broken up into different class sizes and classrooms and however their approach is. Um, there's definitely more than one environment typically in kids ministry. All right. So, so you already started to answer this question with talking about delegation. Um, but are there any mm-hmm. other lessons or practices that are pretty common in children's ministry that you think would be really good for youth workers to, um, to adopt and to embrace? Uh, yeah, I think, I think if I was, if, Talking to youth pastors, what I would say is delegation, definitely. Uh, next thing is, is youth pastors typically are not very good at communicating to parents. They don't see parents often in my experience. They don't see them as um, on the same page or as allies. Yeah. They see them almost as like competition for the heart of the child yeah. in some ways. Yeah. You know, they're trying to be like, I want you to like me more than you like your parents. And, and whether they say that explicitly or not, there is that desire to be like, um, to to not necessarily work with the parents, but almost see parents as like an obstacle yeah. to the spiritual well-being of the child. And, and in kids ministry, I think it's much more collaborative. I think uh, it's forced because I mean, I can't, you know, the, these kids are so dependent on their parents. And so then we're dependent on the parents to bring them. And so there's, there's just a natural, I think a more natural um, collaboration and working together mm-hmm. um, in youth ministry. I think that they could, there needs to be more of that. Yeah. You need to invite parents into it and help parents because being the expert at uh, how, in some ways, uh, of what teenagers are facing, parents don't know what to do in a lot of ways. You know, there's if they're coming into to junior high for the first time, they need help. They need people like you. They need other parents. They need people to gather around them to say, hey, this is what you do when your kids are doing this. You need to, here's how we work together. And so I say that I think, I think, um, Kids, youth ministry can learn from kids ministry in terms of having a scope and sequence. You know, there's a trajectory toward, towards what we're trying to achieve and teach that curriculums usually achieve. A lot of youth pastors are get up there like they're, you know, they're, you know, the attendance is getting low. So we talk about sex and dating and instead <laughs> of a, an approach to, to how do we, how do we faithfully proclaim all of the scriptures to our kids in such a way that forms them into the image of Christ. And I think that there sometimes can be a uh, a desire, and I think they they almost sometimes I think are are driven to for an overwhelming sense of of cool points rather than truth. I think in kids in kids ministry leaders don't care about being cool. Um, they have other problems, I would say, other issues that they're facing. But I think in youth ministry, I think sometimes the desire for the approval of the kids can sometimes compromise truth. Uh, and from being spoken clearly and concise, I think. Yeah, true. Um, that's really good. So um, time is running short. So last question, um, as you have an opportunity to speak to youth workers, many of whom do oversee um, the children's ministry uh, in their church, um, any final words of encouragement uh, or wisdom or admonishment uh, just kind of what's the what's the last word that you would like to share with them? 
Yeah, my uh, my encouragement to you is don't give up. You know, don't give up. It's it's incredibly important work that you're doing, um, and to to be able to oversee both kids and youth is is such a gift. And um, I think a lot of times youth ministry look at the kids ministry because uh, it's new to them or they're not familiar with it, but as sometimes even as overwhelming, like you were saying, or even a burden. Or, but it's it's really a gift to say like how I, how what a precious gift I've been entrusted by my church to to be the person that helps to form and to shape um, the discipleship pathway for kids in the most formative years of their life. Like that is a gift. That is a responsibility. That is something that I uh, am going to have to give account to God one day. You know, that when I, as an under shepherd, we have to give account, you know, and my encouragement is to obsess over the Christ likeness of your kids. There's so many things you can obsess over as a youth pastor. Do not obsess over games. Do not obsess over fun. Do not obsess over those things. Include those. Absolutely. Yep. Obsess over the Christ likeness of your kids. And my encouragement to you is this, is the encouragement that Christ gave, is that he said, go into the world, make disciples. That is what we are to do. It is it is not disciples to ourself. It is not a fan club for us. It is to make disciples of all nations and baptize in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And he says, this is, and this is the encouragement we have. He says, for I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is the comfort. That is the encouragement. That is the strength that is for you and for me is that we do not do this alone. We do not do this in a silo. We do not do this by ourselves. He is with us. His spirit, he sent his spirit to guide us, to lead us, to strengthen us, to equip us, to make disciples. And that has got to be our one obsession. Our one obsession has to be discipling the next generation. D.A. Carson says that, uh, that the gospel is always one generation away from extinction. This has to be our one obsession, not not cool points, not how many kids like our reels, but are we making disciples of the next generation in such a way that they find Jesus irresistibly more beautiful than anything this world has to offer? That is my challenge to you. That is my hope for you. And thank you for what you do. And I'm praying for you. And more importantly, not I'm praying for you, but Jesus is praying for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you. Um, if there's just maybe one or two uh, books on children's ministry that you would recommend for youth workers who have never really read a book about children's ministry, uh, obviously they should go read yours when they come out in the next year or two, right? Um, mm-hmm. But as they wait for your books to come out, um, is there maybe one or two other children's ministry books that you would point people to? I would probably say uh, Resilient. By, by Awana. And then the other one I would say is, is Show Them Jesus by Jack Lappenhauer from New Growth Press. I would say those two probably. Great books. All right, Sam, thank you so much for your friendship. Thanks for your ministry and for joining us for this episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. YPT's mission is to empower youth workers to pursue theological depth because we're committed to inviting students into a faith that's big enough to grow into. You can learn more about the ministry and other resources we offer at youthpastortheologian.com, and you can find us on most social media at Youth Theologian.